This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to a comics edition of the Animaniacast. No eyes. Plus tack. Minus C. Ack! Isaac! Isaac! A lizard, dragon, Newt! It's a Newt! Isaac Newt? Hmm. That's it, son! I've got it! Isaac Newt's weight! No! Isaac Newt's heavy! No! Isaac Newt trapezoid? No! 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 Look, you can all try. I don't care. Whoever says the correct answer wins, all right? Isaac Newt's anvil? Isaac Newt gray thing? Isaac Newt Tory spelling? No! Newt-ton! Isaac Newton! It's Isaac Newton! Good answer! And welcome once again to the Animaniacast. We're the only podcast out there that's dedicated to the animated television series Animaniacs. And usually, every episode we talk about uh, every episode of Animaniacs. We talk about the cultural references, the gags, our favorite moments, what we thought about it when we were kids, etc., etc. But today we have a special episode because we're going to be talking about another Animaniacs comic book. <laughs> I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother, Nathan. What comes up must come and get it, or something like that. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, today today we are talking about um, issue number eight of Animaniacs, which was originally published all the way back in December of 1995. Well, this is a, an interesting comic. What did you think about it, Nathan? In a few um, words. Oh, it's uh, there's uh, gravity is uh, important throughout the episode. I think I don't yeah. know. Well, it plays a role in it. I I think you could say there's at least one part they talk about gravity in each of the segments. So there you go. Well, yeah, gravity is definitely in cartoons. There's a lot of falling, so therefore you could say gravity yeah. is involved in a lot of cartoons. <laughs> exactly. So there you but, are. Uh, there you go. I can point out where gravity was in each segment. <laughs> so that'll oh, be my job. Good. Excellent. Every panel where gravity right <laughs> yeah. there. Oh, uh, there's some gravity. Look out. <laughs> Well, as I said, uh, we're going to be talking about issue number eight today, and if you would like to read along with us or just see what the heck we're talking about when it comes to issue number eight of Animaniacs, you have a couple options. Uh, number one, you could try going to your local comic shop, or you could go online to a comic shop. I went to mycomicshop.com and bought a bunch of issues of Animaniacs on there. That was pretty cool because they actually list off for you if it's in mint condition or not. And of course, for me, I'm like, well, I'm going to be reading it. I don't, I don't care what you know, as long as the pages are all there, that's good for me. So I got them for like you know two, three bucks usually per comic. So it's pretty, they're they're pretty reasonably uh, priced over at mycomicshop.com. 
But if you want to see them faster, uh, like a preview, you could do a little searching online, a little bit of Googling, and uh, most likely you'll be able to find some scans of these uh, issues because they're all out of print and there is no, as far as I know, collection of these comic books. So feel free to do a little bit of Googling and either buy it or look for some previews of it with some scans online. Well, let's go ahead and get into our discussion of issue number eight. And Nathan, tell us, first of all, before we get into our little uh, segments here, or our little parts of the comic, <laughs> segments of the comic, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, What's what do we have on the cover of this week's... Oh, boy. So this one, um, I hope you're a fan of apples, because they've got them on this cover. Um, there's uh, an apple tree, it looks like, and, um, in the, um, and Yakko is standing by a big pile of apples, pointing at it and saying, I don't think this guy understands the gravity of the situation. So here's an instance where gravity is in the episode. So Good job. Just just so you know. Um, and it's like, who is this old guy? I don't know. He, like, he has this white hair and, you know, whatever. An apple has fallen on his head, you can see, and uh, it's bounced off. And Wacko is hanging uh, from the tree, swinging on a tire swing with Dot uh, just below him. And he's saying, funny, this doesn't taste like a fig Newton. That's a clue of who this guy is. And then Dot <laughs> just says, I just love a man in curls, to, referring to the, the curls and the on the wig that this guy is wearing. I don't know who this guy is. Hit with an apple underneath an apple tree. It's Isaac Newton! Um, also, in the tree, we have uh, Pesto and Squid, I think, are in there. And some worm. Has been, and Bobby's and, in there. Bobby's in there. Oh, is he? Hidden. Yeah, he's kind of hidden. Oh, he's, I see him, yeah. He's yeah, there. Kind of a weird so. wall, though. Um, and so I'm guessing they'll be in this episode, right? Uh, nope. <laughs> in this comic? <laughs> yeah, it's like, why? Um, I'm looking forward to an issue of the comic where they actually do take on the good feathers, you know? Like some of the lesser-known characters, because... Yeah. Uh, it's always just the Warners or Pinky and the Brain, right? Yeah. We haven't well, had in your first else. ten issues, I guess you kind of had the state of the the classics, yeah. I suppose, in the first ones, just to get as many issues sold as possible. But they keep teasing us with good feathers and stuff on these issue covers, but then they're never there. Oh well. Well, let's go ahead and get into our discussion here of the first part, and it's called Disputin' with Newton. <laughs> And Disputin' with Newton was written by... We don't know. Because Mm. in the comic book, it doesn't say. (laughs) It doesn't say who wrote it. It doesn't say who the letterer was. It doesn't say who did any of this stuff. Um, So... We have the editor-in-chief of the comic itself. Yeah, like of DC Comics at the time, perhaps. Uh, Yeah, I I guess that's what it is. Jeanette Kahn and... Was the president, editor-in-chief, Paul Levitz, executive <laughs> vice president and publisher. No one wants to take credit for this comic. So. No, no one wants to say, I wrote this. Which, <laughs> that's a good sign for this issue, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> anyway, Nathan, tell us what happens here in Disputin' with Newton. All right, well, Sir Isaac Newton is underneath an apple tree. And guess what? That's who's on the cover, everyone. Spoilers or something. What? So, yeah, you never saw it coming. <laughs> <laughs> never thought. And uh, he's trying to figure out uh, a formula for gravity. So he he knows that gravity exists, I guess. (laughs) It's kind of weird. 
Um, and he's sitting there, and then uh, all the apples just start falling on his head, and it turns out the Warners are all shaking the tree because um, they're all hungry. They're all miserable and poor, and they just want to eat some food. But Newton's like, these are my apples. Um, so the Warners try to take him away, and he, he grabs them and takes them back, and then he goes home and, re- you know, refuses... Uh, it takes all the app with him home and he's at home and he's trying to write the formula for the gravity and he's like what goes up must and he's like hmm and then uh he hears a knock at the door and it's the apple inspectors and he's like i've never heard of apple inspectors and these apple inspectors they don't look quite right they look like they're wearing these glasses and they have these like what look like fake noses and mustaches they're wearing um, groucho marks Nose, yeah, basically. exactly. And they're saying like, "Oh, we, these apples, uh, I don't know. They don't look quite right. We're gonna have to take them with us." And then he's like, "Hey, wait a second. Those were the Warners, basically." Uh, and he comes in, and they're playing with something, uh, maybe caramel, uh, or I thought it was applesauce, but I guess it's probably like to make caramel apples. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're making caramel or caramel apples because they're dunking them in this giant wooden barrel. And, um, but yeah, the st- it doesn't look appetizing no matter what because I just don't know what it really looks gross. It looks like they're just dunking it in almost mud or something like that, and it's just all <laughs> over the carpet. And, and they're just, and they're not, and they're not, on the floor. and they're not on sticks or anything like that. They're just no, kind they're of just like sticking their hands in there and, and just shoving it in their mouths. It's, it's a very weird, I don't know what the Warners are doing with these apples, but it looks gross. Yeah, I don't know. So he storms into this other room where the Warners are, and he's like, ah, I'm going to take this apple back. And he takes a bite, and he hurts himself, because I guess he has a cavity. So, you know, instead of gravity, it's a cavity. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> working on the law of cavity is what he says. Uh, so they start looking, they start acting like they're dentists, um, and they're looking at his teeth, and like, open your mouth wide, wider, widest, and then they pour all the caramel into his mouth. Um which so is not the they... best thing to do if you have a cavity is to sh- exactly shove that's gonna just make sugar. it worse oh, well. and then they walk off with the apples but then newton like sir isaac newton reaches through the window pulls them back inside so then he has the apples again uh so he's inside he's trying to write the law of gravity and yakko's talking over his shoulder and so he messes it up with he's instead of writing what goes up must come down he writes what goes up must come and get it so it's i don't know and then or they must also go sideways or must go he's basically saying everything but down yeah exactly and then when he says come and get it they all start ringing uh, a dinner bell and then they do a, a a whole like hoedown kind of thing and they're dancing and uh Sir Isaac Newton's getting spun all around and he's all dizzy and he's like, oh, I must make uh, mathematical patterns of this this dance that they've done. You know, it's kind of silly because he's like so smart, but not really. Uh, And then he realizes, hey, wait, my apples, because they took the apples while he was busy, dizzy and dancing. Um, So he runs out and then there's apples all over the floor. He's tripping, he's falling, he's he's dancing and then he falls down um, and he's like, way to get down is what you know the warners are saying because it looks like he's dancing he's like goes down what must go what goes up must come down um and yeah they're getting down at the end because they're dancing and and then wacko says something weird that i don't understand he says thank goodness that for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction which is true and then the 70s are dead which i don't know that's the part of yeah. when isaac newton is tripping on these apples 
Uh, that sounds bad. <laughs> sounds like he's on drugs. <laughs> yes, this is weird apples, man. Man, he's tripping, tripping on apples. On apples. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I tripped on some apples the other day. Um, no, he's he's like uh, slipping on apples, uh, and he uh, before he does, he's kind of wobbling around the place. And uh, Dot says uh, he looks like John Travolta. He basically she says he's Travolta rific. Uh, and they're showing groovy moves. So for whatever reason, after he he dresses up like John Travolta, I guess, in a disco outfit. And so, yeah, Wacko says, thank goodness, blah, 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 people op- opposite reaction. And then the 70s are dead. It's hmm. supposed to be a joke? I, uh, I didn't think it was funny. It was just okay. Yeah, Silence. I don't know. It was, yeah. So, so overall... There's a lot of not, like math that doesn't like yeah. go through, and the whole what goes up must come down thing. That's not an Isaac Newton thing. That's a nothing thing. <laughs> okay, so tell us, Nathan. You're you're a uh, mathematics minor. You're you have an engineering degree. Yeah. What did you so, think about this? What goes up stuff? must keep going up unless another uh, force acts on that object going up. Hence gravity. So there you go. What goes up. So an object in motion will remain in motion unless another uh, force acts on it. Same with an object at rest. You know, it's just going to stay there unless something acts on it. That's the first law of motion from Sir Isaac Newton's law of motion. Um, and then he has the second law of motion, of course, which is uh, a force equals the mass times acceleration. And the third law is basically um, if you push on an object, it will push back with the same force kind of thing. So, uh the whole equal and opposite reaction. So whenever you saw Isaac Newton in this, you were not happy with the mathematical He says uh, things stuff. that don't make any sense. Um, let's see if I can find one. He's like talking about going home, and um, he's saying, now by going trans horticulturally in direct opposition to the hypotenuse of the obtuse angle I shall enter my abode and it's like okay that sounds smart those are all words but like (laughs) the the (laughs) it's just nonsense well like the the uh, an obtuse angle doesn't have the it says to the hypotenuse of the obtuse angle and it's like okay there's, there's just one hypotenuse of a triangle so I don't know what he's talking about. Um, I think I know then, what happened here. At the at the beginning, he got hit with a lot of apples, and he has a huge bump so. on his head, and he might he might have a concussion of some sort. Cause, because yeah, he says the apples dropped on him with the velocity of the square root of pi, and I'm like, what units are you using, Newton? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're coming to the conclusion of what the heck was going on and why Sir, Sir Isaac Newton. Was having so much trouble in this cartoon in the first place, and he was just—he has a concussion, and it happened right at the beginning, when the water shook all the apples on top of him. He had a huge bump on his head, and then for the rest of the comic, he's going, "What comes up must go." Yeah, because maybe he was going to say, "What go with up must stay going up," you know, unless something. <laughs> maybe that because that would be a better equation than what goes up must come down because that's not true. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it it was cute. I mean, the I I do like some things about this first comic. I thought the the facial expressions of uh, Sir Isaac Newton were really cool, and his you know really good teeth and and stuff. And the Warners had some really good expressions uh, from time to time in here, uh, really mm-hmm. expressive. So I thought that looked cool. I thought some of the over the top flowery language that uh, Isaac Newton was doing was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I, I would I would appreciate like if they uh, actually said things that made sense too. Like like Futurama will do that where they say something smart and actually is like a smart thing. I feel like this is more like if you're a fan of Big Bang Theory, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's funny. Those because that's what Big Bang Theory does a lot. They'll just say things that don't actually make sense, but that you know the it just for the sake of being sounding smart kind of thing. I don't know. Uh, I don't like the show. <laughs> <laughs> never seen it, and uh, never really will ever see it now. <laughs> Sorry, Big Bang Theory people. But anyway, there's some other stuff that that uh, popped up though uh, throughout this first issue. Of course, we have some Levi's commercials stuff that we've uh, seen before. We also have a, a Dungeons and Dragons uh, advertisement that was kind of cool. This kind of gargoyle charging at you. Uh, Sam Witwer and his brother uh you know sam Whitworth, the voice of uh darth maul he wrote a whole dungeons and dragons book with his uh brother i believe oh wow so yeah if you're into the history of dungeons and dragons that's what it's all about a i don't know something for a a model car with a batman comic book uh probably the the thing that really stood out for me though was the last two uh things in here was there was an advertisement for the movie mall rats which Hey-o. that's a that's a fun movie, and a an advertisement for the Super Nintendo version of Spawn, the video game, which I have never played, but uh, graphics on it look uh, reasonably good. But I have no idea if it's a good game. So there you go. Look online, folks, if that's good or not. I don't know. But I always love looking at the advertisements in here because that, if anything, is is uh, just. It makes you feel a little younger because you're like, I remember that. <laughs> it makes me feel older because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's been so long. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way. <laughs> Stay tuned for these words from our lovely sponsor. Way to kiss up, Dot. According to legend, General Grievous was known to boast of the number of lightsabers he had acquired from the bodies of his slain Jedi enemies. Grievous was the first in a long tradition of collectors of rare items. A tradition that continues to this day on the RetroZap podcast known as the Dork Lair. Dork Lair. Hey, Robert, why should people listen to another retro gaming podcast? You mean our cast, David? We do have to keep this short, you know. Yes, well, I guess we should start with the fact we celebrate old-school video games. And we have awesome guests and game giveaways. Don't forget that. Plus our game show and your favorite segment, Random Select. <sighs> Don't remind me. Are we done yet? Listen to our cast, another retro gaming podcast, part of RetroZap.com. Finally, back to my beer. This is Pinky, and you're listening to Animaniacast. You know why? Because you're going to take over the world! Nerf! Let's go ahead and look at the next segment. It's Pinky in the Brain, and this is something that we've seen before. This is Pinky in the Brain in Jockey for Position. 
and Jockey for Position was written by Peter Hastings. The adapter was Dana Curtin. Penciler was George Wildman. Inker was Scott McRae. Letterer Bob Panaha. Colorist Tom Ziuko. This sounds familiar, and of course it is, because it's all from episode 27 of Animaniacs, uh, which also had I Got Your Can, and what was the other thing it had in it? Um, it also had You Risk Your Life, which is a great segment. That's Definitely. probably the best one of that episode. Yeah. Well, uh, so this right here, so it's it's the it's when the brain decides to win a bunch of money by becoming a jockey because he realizes that you know I think the 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 lighter you are, the more you know likely you're going to win the race. They go to the stables and. Pinky falls in love with Farfignugan or Farfignutin, which, hey, go figure that we just had uh, Sir Isaac Newton and Wacko on the cover was talking about Fig Newtons and here's Farfignutin. So perhaps that was... Yeah. Maybe it was intentional. Intended. And then the, at the very beginning, they're talking about turning off gravity as their plan oh, that's to take true. over the that's world. The, that's their plan to take over the world is they're going to put a giant magnet, right? They need to buy a giant magnet so they can... Doesn't it to put sense. it down on the yeah i don't know the, but they're gonna we, tie we talked about it on the yeah. last podcast but yeah, I, i'm not gonna follow i'm not gonna waste that i just want to say gravity has nothing to do with the earth spinning you know they think that for some reason this genius mouse apparently is gonna stop the rotation of the earth and everyone's gonna go flying off doesn't work like that genius <laughs> <laughs> well you know the 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 actual you know plot you know they race and uh they don't win and yada 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 i'm not going to get into the jockey for position thing because it's just an adaptation and quite frankly it's not as good <laughs> as the actual cartoon uh and the biggest uh difference though is farfig Nugan, Far farfig newton is colored wrong he she is brown Instead of white, the mm -hmm. joke was always that Farfig Newton just looked like a giant horse, pinky horse, and that is not the case in this comic. She's a brown horse with red hair, still has the pinky teeth, but is totally brown and it just it doesn't work. I mean, there's lots of hearts everywhere, and when they're racing and to show that he's in love with her and yada yada yada, but. I don't know, Nathan. I kind of skipped through this one, to be completely honest, because I've already seen the cartoon. Uh, what did you think about this adaptation? Um, I think I only liked one panel, which was like one of the last one where you get to see where Pinky's at and Farfig Newton and the finish line. And just to show you how far back Farfig Newton is and where Pinky is in relationship to everyone else, just an overhead of the racetrack. I think that's the only one. I was like, okay, that kind of worked at a comic, I guess, because I had to squint to see what where everyone was at. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely nowhere near as good as the cartoon, and it wasn't even my favorite cartoon to begin with. <laughs> yeah, that's it's true. It wasn't the best Pinky the Brain. It was just kind mm -hmm. of I don't know. It's I will say this: it shows that just because it's not that great as a comic doesn't mean it's going to be a bad cartoon. Yeah, um, it definitely improved. I mean, I was, whenever we look at these comics, it's always fun to think like, would this be a good 
actual cartoon on TV and some of them do, some of them don't. If I had just seen this, I don't know if I would have thought, yeah, translate this into an actual cartoon. Yeah. Um, I... That there's so much movement. I think it like with the horse race, it just needs to be a cartoon. Like it's it's a, it just I didn't I wasn't a big fan of the, the drawings in this middle comic. Um, yeah, it, it gets it confusing just, of where everything's at too because it's yeah, all the panels are just I, I I just I think the less said about it the better. It's we it's not that good. <laughs> it's not that good. And if you want to see it, uh, hey. Go to episode 27 of Animaniacs, and then you can listen to our discussion of episode 27 of Animaniacs. Yeah. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, Nathan, do you have anything else to say about this one? Well, no, I don't actually have anything to say. Okay. (laughs) The next comic is called Clowns for a Day. Clowns for a Day was written by Amy Weingartner. Weingartner? Whatever. Penciler was George Wildman. Inker Scott McRae. Letterer Bob Panaha. Colorist Tom Ziyuku. Nathan, can you tell us what happens here in Clowns for a Day? Um, so, uh, the Warners are at the circus uh, for some reason. Um, and Wacko they want to have fun. This. Well, I'm concerned that why Wacko's there, I guess, because he doesn't like clowns, and there are clearly clowns all around. Doesn't seem to care, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and this is this is another reason why the comics are not canon, because Wacko certainly embraces clowns in this uh, Yeah, doesn't show story. any fear of clowns in None here, at all. So He's just clowns. no clownophobia. This may be before he got his clownophobia. Um, or maybe sometime he was around. Because there was, well, I guess, there was that whole blimp where he's in a blimp of a giant clown. That's true. And so we figured that was probably before Clown and Out. So this one might also be before that. Something uh, happened in the balloon. That's right. We talked about <laughs> it. Something horrible happened in that balloon that they blow out of the water tower, and then that gave him the fear of clowns. Yep, anyway. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, they're watching the circus, and uh, I think Wacko's like, oh, man, I could be a clown. Uh, but uh, I, I I'm trying to think like what this joke was. It doesn't make any sense. But Dot's like, oh, but you're too coordinated, and then a clown comes and falls on him because the clown's uncoordinated. Um, so I don't get what that was about. But uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, then uh, Wacko ends up spilling all the food and drink all over Dot. Like gets angry at the clown for knocking it all onto him, and then the clown's like sad because it's doing such a bad job and then they follow the clown backstage and like try to comfort him saying hey it's okay and he's like no if i mess up one more time i'm gonna have to clean up after big bertha which is an elephant big and betsy big betsy that's what it was it's actually uh, that's probably the only panel i kind of like in this cartoon is he says to, today's my last chance if i screw up gustav i think it's the the ringmaster i guess Gustav will have my have me sweeping up after Big Betsy, and Yakko and Wacko are looking up in the sky, and there's a woman swinging, and the artist I don't know if it's just because she he drew her and she's in the background, but she's definitely big on top. I'll say that. But she yeah, say big hello. busty more yeah, like big it. busty. Oh. Yeah, hello. <laughs> but she says they say hello, nurse. No, Big Betsy, the elephant, who's also mm. in the frame to the side. So, anyway, 
Yeah, so he's talking about all the terrible things. Like, yeah, so like he drove a clown car and he crashed it, and the tallest clown is now the shortest clown. So I think that means that guy's dead. And then he got shot out of a cannon and knocked some people out of the trapeze, uh, and there was no net. So I guess they also died. And then he also <laughs> crashed into a bunch of explosions and blew up, and I guess he's dead? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, they, the Warners are like, we'll help. And Dot puts on a clown outfit, which I thought that was wacko. Um, I don't know if you thought that at all, but I got so confused. I got very confused between Dot and Wacko whenever they, they put look, this clown costume on. Yeah, it, well. they, They're the same size. They, they, <laughs> they put on the same wig. It would have helped if – okay, so they're, they're basically like we'll fill in for you, right? We'll do your job for you so you don't get in yeah. trouble. And so – they they take over for this clown that's gonna get you know fired or have to clean up after the elephant, and they end up creating more of a problem. Yeah, exactly. And, so Dot comes out. It's like, oh, I'm gonna be serving pies, and she starts like just throwing pies at everyone in the audience, and it goes all over the place. And the the ringmaster gets mad, and then um, she's also covered in pies. And then Wacko decides to go out and does some magic out of his bag, and then a bunch of elephants come out. Um, and then the ringmaster gets mad at that. And then Yakko comes out and he's like, oh, I'll tame some lions. And all the lions just start attacking the ringmaster, except like licking him. So not eating him. So that's good. But, <laughs> I don't know. What were you going to say? <laughs> it's it's just, I don't know. I <laughs> This comic is so bad. It's just so, so bad. It's not interesting. It's not funny. Nothing, nothing is going on in this comic that's funny. Let's just skip to the end because okay, at the so, end. Well, I think this is towards, so like then um, finally the clown's like, I just got to do this myself. So then uh, he comes out and the, I don't know if he has to clean up after this tiger or what, but then the tiger jumps out and is about to attack the ringmaster and the clown uh, says heal and the tiger's, you know, now tame and now he's going to be a rodeo clown is how it ends so. yeah because he is able to lasso the tiger before it kills his boss yeah again there's no rhyme or reason for this it just it's just because it happens and he becomes a rodeo clown and at the end he's swinging his lasso saying uh yeah they're saying gustav watch out for the cow pies and hey and uh it's it, it's just done it's over i okay any 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 good parts of this, Nathan? Any good any good lines? Any good anything for this last clown one? Um, well, no, no. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's I just understand. sloppy. Everything is sloppily yeah. drawn. the The plot is boring. It's confusing to see who who's the clown at this point and that point. I mean, why did they have to dress up exactly? I guess they had to maybe look like him so that They're they could pass to... off as him. Yeah. But still, they could have just said, I don't know. They could have kept the wig the same but the costume different. So at least I would have known, okay, that's Dot right now. And that's... Uh, yeah, the just scale. like looking through the... Co- like the, the clue they have at the beginning is I'm now I'm cute and funny. But like I didn't read that, you know. I, I, I mean, they're all cute, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah and it's just it's just dumb <laughs> and the scale i know i shouldn't be too judgmental on this but the scale on a lot of the characters especially when they go up into the stands it's like off like they're too big when they're supposed to be smaller and they're too small when they're supposed to be bigger and 
I, I, I'm sorry, but I just did not like the, uh, the, uh, anything about this last issue. Last well, part. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating. What do you think, Nathan, out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give this comic? I'll go for two water towers, I think. Yeah, I'll say two. All right, why do you think two? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just not very good, but, I mean, like, it has Pinky in the Brain. Um, it's not a very, I mean, it's a Pinky in the Brain that would be good, okay, I guess, if it wasn't one that I've seen before. And Sir Isaac Newton, I would like that if um, it was better. And the clowning one, I could just uh, stop reading the comic by that point, I guess. I I had to read it. I guess one of the reasons (laughs) I hate that last part so much is that I had to read it three times to even understand what the heck was going on in this stupid comic when there really wasn't anything going on to begin with. (laughs) Right. It's like way too text heavy for not enough thing you know like you can't just like flip through it and, and the colors know. are all like the same five colors like everywhere yeah, so it's, it's just like exciting. everything everything blends together it, some panels are way too small and mm-hmm. it, it's just i ugh, it hurt <laughs> well i'm gonna give this uh comic two as well it, it didn't i mean it has a nice cover and it has a reasonably good first segment i think it could be adapted for the cartoon Mm-hmm. Uh, and probably put in some better jokes because it does go to the the standard, you know, routine. The Warners visit a historic character and they torment him for whatever reason. And in this yeah. case, they just want to get apples and they keep grabbing the apples back and forth. But it's, um, I don't know. It just, like you said, Nathan, the mathematical language doesn't quite make sense at all. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. there, but it doesn't make any sense. And um, the other two segments, Pinky the Brain, yeah, I've already seen it, and I've seen it better. And the clown thing, I don't want to ever see it again. So <laughs> uh, I'll give it two, but that's really generous. I mean, I know, I felt like, I was like, should I go lower? But like, whatever, two, whatever. Yeah, two. It's like, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's, it's still like, I, I figure like, I could give this to like a kid and go, here, you want to read this comic? Because it really did also feel, even though like some of the language was like, a little more advanced, I suppose, like with Sir Isaac Newton, it really felt like the age level for this is low. Like I, I felt like I need to be seven years old to really be even moderately appreciating this comic and good animaniacs for me is when it starts hitting. Oh, you're like, like the 12 or 13 year old range for some reason. I know that's a small, I know it's a weird uh, thing to say, but really, I mean, animaniacs needs to hit that like, uh, adolescent level, not the juvenile, uh, juvenile level. So this is just too, too uh, simple for me. Plot wise, yeah. part, plot wise, drawings and everything, just meh. Um, I also wanted to mention that there was two more ads at the very end of the comic that we oh, didn't yes. mention. Well, we there's Mad TV. Oh, I didn't even see that one. <laughs> yeah, Mad TV was in here, but what was the what was the comic? What was the oh Nerf? Nerf. There's a yeah. contest, and you could win free Nerf because it was their 25th anniversary, apparently. So, and then there was a Batman game, and I remember those kind of. It's one of those like 
you buy a whole console basically and it just has one little game on it do you remember oh. those oh oh you're talking about the batman game at the very end yeah the very last these are the tiger electronics games yeah. where it just shows the it's you know you had the the we had this game i think I or at think least so. we had either this one this is the um batman forever tiger electronics handheld game and i know we had batman returns mm-hmm. uh and i just remember lots of trips to disneyland uh <laughs> playing the tiger electronics games and as simple as they were i loved those things i mean there was yeah, before, they're actually fun before like... game boy and speaking of game boy we also skipped one other advertisement here it, there was a Game Boy advertisement. Oh yeah, Street Fighter. Street Fighter Two, and they talk about like I this, I think this was before uh, Game Boy Color, yeah, but it was with Super Game Boy. So they were kind of advertising the Super Game Boy and uh, mm-hmm. being able to plug your Game Boy game into that. So this is the uh, that's like the centerfold, right? This uh... <laughs> the centerfold. This this. Uh, this old woman, lady, this old yeah. lady with fifties hair, pointing at it. You know how these advertisements are. We have the <laughs> the adult going, yeah. If you're not, if you're going to fight, do it outside. Even your mom knows Street Fighter Two is on Game Boy. Why would a mom say if you're going to fight, do it outside? <laughs> I don't know. I don't care if you fight. Just don't break my stuff. <laughs> okay, well, let's go ahead and get to some contact information, Nathan. Where can people get in contact with you online? Well, uh, I believe I'm still on Twitter. Uh, yeah, uh, Jango yeah, FT. That's me. Yeah, I'm still there. Okay, cool. <laughs> they have not yet deleted his account. Oh, but watch so. out. <laughs> you never know. The things Nathan tweets. Yeah. Well, as for the Animaniacast, you can get us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And you can also look at all of our other stuff over at Animaniacast.com. Join our conversation over at Discord by going to discord.animaniacast.com. You can talk to me, Nathan, Kelly, over there. Uh, By the way, Kelly, she couldn't be here today. She will be back next week. Uh, But uh, you can see her uh, on Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S. I think that's the first time I ever plugged Kelly's uh, Twitter by myself. It's weird. Anyway. We're a proud member of the RetroZap.com podcast community. You can check out RetroZap.com for tons of other podcasts to listen to, all you know out there to help scratch your pop culture itches. Whether that is Star Wars, movies, video games, whatever, it's all over at RetroZap. It's a fantastic, positive community of podcasters, and we can't say enough positive things about them because they're great. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. So, for Nathan, this is Joey saying, Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. It's Isaac Newton!